To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three and if the pins ain't from them don't bring them to me because i go off like a rocket launcher man i just ain't the beat i'm a real monster i can hear the crowd chanting mvp that's my mantra here's a standing on for the opinionated bench warmers Welcome to the Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast, episode 153. Your Opinionated Benchwarmers are back to do what we do best, and that's discuss sports. The build, the boys is back in the building. How y'all feeling, man? Excited, man. Excited to do it. As always, ready to get into it. We got so much to unpack, so I ain't gonna hold you. Yeah, same here, man. Uh, been a pretty good day, pretty good week so far. Uh, we got a lot of stuff to cover, a lot of stuff going on, NFL. NBA-wise, all of that, so we might as well jump straight into it, man. Yeah, like I always lead off, make sure you're following the podcast on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast. That's on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you love to listen to your podcast at, you can subscribe. If you haven't done so already, leave a review, run those numbers up, share with a friend. Fellas, I'm excited, man. We back in this thing doing what we do, what we love to do. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot to talk about. Of course, we got Championship Sunday coming up this weekend. Um, we have uh, NBA's going crazy. NFL hirings are starting to kick off. NFL firings have have taken place. Um, I mean, I don't. We we could start anywhere, but of course, we'll start with the recap of the divisional round of the playoffs. We have a lot of big storylines. But before we jump into it, I want to let the listeners know that we have something very, very special coming to you. Like we said, uh, we have an interview coming up with Joel Rogers, a four-star recruit that signed with LSU uh, Safety. And uh, we're excited. We had a, was able to have a conversation with him. Uh, and we, we're going to drop that right before the Super Bowl. So uh, stay tuned for that. That'll be in a couple of episodes. So we want to make sure that you're locked in for that. Um, I know that the fellas are excited as well to to release that. It's, it's some good good content, uh, good conversation, uh, good information for guys that's looking to get recruited by D1 school. Uh, just a wonderful conversation. Shout out to Joel. Oh, of course, always an open invitation to our platform. Uh, stand up, young man, and uh, we wish him all the best. But, yes, stay tuned with us. Stay locked in. And the only way you'll know that it dropped, if you follow us on Instagram – and if you subscribe to the podcast, I'm telling you now, it's coming. And when it does, you want to be uh, locked in so you can get that content. Fellas, man, I don't know about y'all, but before we get into the playoffs, y'all know like I always do, I'm a diehard Saints fan, and I want to have a round of applause because uh, Pete Carmichael is no longer the offensive coordinator of the New Orleans Saints. I could just jump up. If you could just see me now, if the listeners could see me, I'm smiling ear to ear. Um, I think the New Orleans Saints have a lot of problems besides Pete Carmichael, but that is a fungus that we had to get rid of. I've been calling for his head all season, uh, and finally uh, it went that way. Now, the jackpot would have been if we if Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael got fired, but I'll settle for Pete Carmichael getting fired. Uh, I'm interested to see who we're going to hire. Uh, we've interviewed some big names, uh, Ben Johnson, um, just the list goes on and on. I'm ready to really get this going as a Saints fan. Our offense has been struggling for the past maybe three to four years, starting when at the end of Sean Payton's tenure. And, you know, of course, when Sean left, it was even worse. We've been in the, in the bottom half of the NFL and offense of production uh, for the past two years. So it's been very frustrating, frustrating, which is really, when you think about it, a 180 from where we were uh, maybe even uh, eight years ago when, when the Saints were known as an explosive, high-scoring offense, and that hasn't been the case for the past couple of years. It's not for the lack of weapons. It's just coaching, um, and I think this is a really big move. I'm really excited about it. 
I'm interested to see who we bring in. Hopefully we do not promote from within. Hopefully we go out, get a young, innovative mind. Uh, I think we interviewed y'all QB coach, Los. I'll take it. You know, anything that – if we can get a piece of that Sean McVay tree, I'll take it. But um, I'm a very excited. Hopefully we can get somebody good in in, um, in there that can uh, really spark this offense. Yeah, I think that's good. I was waiting on you, you know, the old school. When we first started off, you kind of had a soundboard that had clapping noise. I was waiting for you to hit the button when y'all fired. <laughs> you going back to our early games, man. I really, I'm going to have to bring the soundboard back, man. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, I'll speak that because, I mean, it was it was miserable watching the Saints play this year. I mean, like every year. So, um, you know, hey, I hope you- <laughs> anytime yeah, I get a chance to take in. a shot. <laughs> No, um, but I, I hope y'all I'll be interested to see what y'all bring in. Uh, Thomas Brown for the Panthers is another name that's floating out there. Interviewed for the Steelers. He's a, one of the, under the Sean McVay tree as well. He was our running backs coach for a little bit. The Panthers' offense was miserable. I wouldn't even Terrible. judge him off of that because they never they never really. I'm raising an eyebrow, though. I'm raising an eyebrow. I don't know. I, I mean, I look at their receiving core. I look at their running backs. All of them, I would say, not in the top fifteen at their position. You know what I mean? So I wouldn't say there's much in a rookie quarterback with a poor O line. So it's not much he could have done there anyway. So um, I wouldn't judge him off that. I think he's one of those coaches that you got to keep an eye off. He again, he interviewed for the Steelers, so I'll be interested to see where he lands and see what happens with him. But yeah, I can't wait to see what the Saints do. Yeah, no, nah, I mean, kind of same thing. Y'all have already pretty much echoed everything. Uh, my biggest thing, though, is what is that new offensive coordinator, what he's going to do with Derek Carr? You know, I still think that ultimately that offense still only goes as far as the QB that's behind center. So uh, I think that that was kind of a major deficiency this year for the Saints. Uh, so seeing what that new guy uh, comes in and does you know i know that one of the names that you mentioned uh is an actual qb coach and so maybe that's something that leans towards something that y'all actually need um a guy that can come in and continue even though Derek carr ain't young at this point but can continue to help Derek <laughs> carr um ain't no spring chicken yeah, ain't no spring chicken so that's kind of the main thing i really want to see is you know whatever way y'all lean from an oc standpoint what does that oc do with Derek carr yeah and uh i agree with you guys and you know, really excited. Mel Kuyper's, I think his first mock NFL draft came out. It had us taking Brian Thomas out of LSU. That would be huge uh, with MT probably most likely leaving us this year. Hopefully he does. And us tagging him along with Chris Olave and um, just just getting some more weapons. You know, I, I'm excited. Uh, with with Ken, Kendra Miller, who, what I saw with from him uh, towards the end of the season, I saw, you know, a very explosive back. Um and and can, can compliment Alvin Kamara. I can't talk today. Um, in the backfield, so we got some weapons. Not to make it the Saints podcast, we'll transition out of there. A bunch of coach hirings that we will get to. What do you guys think? We should jump into playoff talk first, and then jump into these hirings, or should we jump into like the playoffs? I think the hiring. I mean, I think we're staying in that same realm already. Let's just knock the hiring out. Yeah. All right, all right, producer P. But we'll get to it, you know what I'm saying? Like, so we have some big hirings, and I think none other hiring that we have today is Jim Harbaugh. You know, man, he accepted the head coaching job for the L.A. Chargers right before we recorded. So the news came out just in time, right on time. They knew that we were recording. So uh, Jim Harbaugh, which we probably knew from the from the jump that he was leaving, I mean, I think the championship was the icing on the cake. He's had a rough uh, year collegiately. He's, he was suspended twice last season for uh, infractions and uh, allegations of cheating. Um, but, you know, um, Jim Harbaugh is a good coach. And, um, you know, it's, it's good to see him in the NFL, uh, back in the NFL. I think that he'll be a great help to the Chargers. Um, I mean, you're going into a situation with with a with a, a great quarterback probably top 10 in the league in Justin Herbert. And then you, you got some weapons there, uh, uh, even though Keenan Allen is, is, uh, is aging, but maybe they can uh, revive Quentin. Uh, but, you know, you got, you, I think he's picking up a good team, uh, a good, you know, a, a decent team. I think he, he he's going to do well in LA. Um, and, and as again, uh, you know, that's Patrick Mahomes division. Everything goes through the chiefs, which we'll get to playoff talk in a little bit. 
Uh, but yeah, you got a guy there that with a with a without for all coming off a championship, I think it's the right move to just step up and go to the NFL because if you're gonna be doing all these infractions and stuff like that, and you're gonna get suspended twice in one year, come on, you might as well just go to the go to the pros. That's where you belong. Yeah, I mean, you look at that situation. It's it's perfect for a quarter, I mean, a coach like Jim to come in um, and and to run that team because when you look at that situation, he coming in as you mentioned with a good quarterback, right? You're strapped with a top five pick into this draft, which is in a in a huge situation where you can grab one of those guys up there. Who knows who falls to that fifth pick if you're looking at three quarterbacks going in those top maybe top four picks? When I'm talking Jaden Daniels. I was in talking May. We were talking, obviously, Caleb Williams. And so when you got those three guys in front of you that are likely going to go in front of you, you got your pick at your skill position to bring in to maybe replace a Keenan Allen, like a Bowers from, from uh, Georgia, you know, the tight end who they've been also, you know, struggling at the tight end position. No real, real talent there. So, or you can go with one of the top receivers. You got the LSU receiver who I cannot think of right Malik now. Malik Neighbors. Neighbors, right. He's not neighbors, obviously. And so it's just so much talent. You got Marvin Harrison. Who knows if he slips to that spot, right, to the fifth spot? You know, who knows who goes forward? So as a top five pick, and I'm looking at L.A., sunny L.A., I'm looking at you got your franchise quarterback. It's an easy decision for him. He's been the prize coach. We've been we've been waiting to see how these dominoes fall with the coach. And I, I believe that the holdup was always been Jim Harbaugh. Now that we know that he's once he chose the Chargers, right, he interviewed with the Falcons or was talking to go with the Falcons, but he was able to close a deal with the Chargers. And so now I feel like a lot of these coaching hires are going to start flowing now that the big fish has landed. Yeah, same. Another name that I would throw in there, too, is Roma Dunze is someone potentially that could be up there, you know, as another weapon potentially for them. Uh, but as y'all said, man, y'all covered it. You know, we've kind of seen the writing on the wall with everything that was going on in Michigan. Uh, we kind of knew that Jim Harbaugh will be making his way back to the NFL, where ultimately he was a successful head coach. I mean, you look at what he did with the 49ers, uh, having that 44-19-1 record, uh, going to the NFC Championship game three times, like three NFC Championship game appearances and even a Super Bowl appearance during his tenure as well. Uh, I think all that was within just a four-year period. So. Uh, we've seen him be successful at the NFL ranks. We've seen what he was able to do uh, at Michigan. Um, it's proven. The bloodline is proven with even obviously his brother. We'll, I'm sure talk about him a little bit later as well, too. Uh, and I think it's just an excellent move for the Chargers. They needed a shakeup. Uh, this is, to me, going to be the right guy ultimately for the job. And like you said, one of the best things that you can get is to have a QB of the future, somebody that you feel like you can attach yourself to for the next five, 10, whatever amount of years, that's one of the best jobs uh, that you can actually come into. So I'm interested to see how it plays out. Yeah, I'm interested to see as well. And and like you alluded to, uh, very a lot of success. Uh, I look at what he does as a quarterback whisperer and, you know, just a quarterback um, savant himself. It seems as though he makes quarterbacks better. Uh, maybe he can fix Justin Herbert. Maybe Justin Herbert can, you know, get on, get on, get on board and and have a better season. Um, but you know, ultimately, uh, you know, we we can move along. If y'all don't have anything else on there, we can move on to the to the other one. No, I think you covered it. But I think just to allude to it, like you said, I mean, that's the position that he played. You know, so I think that that lends to why he does well with quarterbacks. Yeah. So. Take it away, guys. Jared Mayo hired as the head coach of the Patriots. I think it was a good hire. I mean, it keeps the continuity. He's familiar with their system. Um, I think a lot of the coaches are going to, or a lot of the organizations are trying to go to these younger, relatable, culture-changing guys. And I think Gerard Mayo fits that bill. He fits that 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 idea, right? He he's been around, he's been a player, he's not even that far removed from being a player. And then you get these guys that are more relatable and, you know, you get these older coaches. Right. And sometimes it just cannot relate to the older guys or cannot connect with the um, with the locker room. And I think that was a little bit of the feel with Bill Belichick was he was losing that 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 connection with the players and to connect with the younger players. And, you know, it's a different generation. And as you see, he is now, which is a crazy stat. He is now the youngest NFL coach. Sean McVay has held that title for the last seven years. He is now the youngest coach in the NFL. 
Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you on that. You know, they definitely obviously needed a shift, uh, a generational shift. Uh, but I think it really speaks to like their preparation to me throughout the season. Like we were able to see them make this quick move and this quick shift to him. Uh, so, I mean, it shows that just the stuff that we had been previously talking about in weeks past of the podcast, like they knew what was going on with Bill Belichick. They knew in the middle of the season that they would be parting ways and they all really already had their guy. So they didn't have to go through this process that you're seeing all these other organizations go through from an interviewing process and all of that standpoint. They already knew who the guy was. And so I commend them and hats off to them for making a move like that. Um, because, you know, that's not always the most popular way or the easiest way out. Uh, but they went ahead and, and went with their guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it was an interesting hire for me uh, in, in the hierarchy, but um, it's just, you know, it, it's the Patriots, like you alluded to, Ramon, it's the Patriots setting the standard for the, for the rest of the NFL in building these championships and then developing a team. And like you said, it's just like a, a well-oiled machine. It's like any other corporation – you know, the guy that would their next guy to to lead the the helm was already within the organization and he was ready for that promotion and they promoted him. Uh, so I think it's, it's just a fine, uh, fine example of, of the Kraft family and, and how they are able to continue to to run the this team and this well oil machine. And it appears to me that they won't be missing a beat um, with this. They have a top pick. Uh, Jaden Daniels in some some mock drafts is projected to go there, uh, which I don't I wouldn't want for him. Uh, but uh, it depends on who they want, who will be, who will be the offense coordinator um, at the time. But um, yeah, it's interesting, and and you know, I think that it was a good hire, and, and it's nice to see. I mean, I'm a homer. It's nice to see another black coach, uh, another black head coach in the league, which we uh, which we understand that that's that's really an, is it's an anomaly, but it's becoming common, and you know, hopefully, this sets the trend uh, going forward, um, especially with the success that you're seeing Houston is having. Uh, which we'll get to playoff talk a little later. Um, but, yeah, so to spin off the Patriots, right, you got Bill Belichick here, who I'm surprised and who I'm praying and hoping that Atlanta does not hire him, but call Belichick in for a second interview. Would you? I never would have thought in a million years he'd want that job. No, I mean, I mean, let's be clear too. The reason you don't want him to hire them because he's a good coach and he's in your division, right? <laughs> I just want to clear that up. You don't want him hired because you don't want a good coach in your division. That's correct, right? Right. Okay. What else? What else? I mean, just he just cleared it up for the listeners, basically. Oh, okay. For the listeners, right? Yeah. So anyway, no, I, I that situation would be interesting because I look at that situation and I'm like, hey, I don't see a clear. Uh, franchise quarterback in that situation, right? And so he's already coming from a situation where he was already didn't have a quarterback. So I, I look at that and I'm like, I don't see the bright spots here. They have weapons. I feel like they are quarterback away from competing. Um, but it's just, it, it, I, I wouldn't, again, as you mentioned, I wouldn't be looking for that type of job. I'm looking for a quarterback. I'm looking for a structured organization. I think they have some good pieces there. I think what they still need to bring in, I would like to see, and I'll say this, uh, I would like to see them go and get a guy like Russell Wilson, right? I think Russell Wilson will fit with that situation. They run first, right? It kind of reminds me of the Seattle days when he had a strong, decent defense behind him and they were a run first offense. So, and obviously we know Denver is looking to get rid of Russell. I think they need to bring in a veteran quarterback and I think he fits perfectly with Drake London, with Kyle Pitts, obviously with Bijan Robinson, obviously with Algier. I think that they are a, medi a ready-made system to bring in a veteran quarterback and maybe groom a young quarterback behind them. Gotcha. Um, I would say kind of on the, the other end of that, and maybe, you know, not to get too off subject or whatever here, but would you trade a first-round pick for Justin Fields at this point? Because they sit at the eighth pick right now. Would you trade a first for Justin Fields? Yes, easily. Yeah. Easily. I mean, because, again, um, he's still on a rookie deal right now, right? And I think at this point, the Bears have to make a decision. I think they passed on the quarterbacks last year. They did that already, got more picks and all that. I think at this point, they, it's time to reset and get started fresh. And that's not that's not a knock on Fields, right? And I think Fields can be a capable quarterback, and I think he is worth a first, 
I think he's worth worth the mm-hmm. first. I think somebody's going to make a deal and get land a quarterback that can do it both. Yeah. So um, I don't know if it's the Falcons is the that, right situation, but and just to comment on that, Roman too, it feels that he showed he's capable the last month of the season. He played well. And I like what I saw from him as a dual threat. Um, it, you know, I think that we are um, a lot of times when I say we as sports fans, I think we're spoiled by a great quarterback play. And we automatically think that guys are going to jump out the gate like a Mahomes or jump out the gate um, like a Joe Burrow. But, you know, some, you know, you look at Jordan Love, which we'll get to playoff talk again with the Packers. He sat down. And then in his third season, which is this season as a first-time starter, he led his team to the playoffs and fought pretty well against um, who I thought the 49ers. You know, you beat you beat up on the Cowboys, and then you get to the 49ers, and you give them a, who is my Super Bowl favorite. You give them fits. You know, I, I mean, you know, you you have to develop these guys, and I think that, that when you get a Justin Fields, you have to be patient with him and develop. Yeah, no, no, I I agree with that, and uh, like I said, that was my whole point in kind of sliding in. Maybe too, that's also something Atlanta could consider. And if you have a situation like that, and kind of getting back to even the Bill Belichick, uh, a piece of it, um, I think that if you align all of those pieces, it could potentially make Atlanta a little bit of a scary situation. Man, so I don't say that. <laughs> yeah, so the, it, Saints, it's, the Saints we in for some for some bad years, so. Yeah, it's interesting to see how that would shake out. Now, ultimately, for me, the only thing is it's tough. Like, you don't turn Bill Belichick down. You don't. But also, too, like, what really is going to be the timeline and the duration of having a guy like Bill Belichick? Like, is it does it behoove you when you have especially some of that young talent like that that's going to grow for some years to have a younger guy come in there that fits more with their timeline than a guy like Bill Belichick. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I think you hire, you go out to Bill Belichick. It's not a, Hey, we're developing, we're waiting around and seeing, no, it's, and that's why I said they probably go a veteran quarterback situation because again, we have seen how many games that the Falcons were into. They were down to the end to even win the division. How many games that they were just, they, they lost because of bad quarterback play. I was, yeah. I can count maybe four or five games where their quarterback is just throwing picks or not making a good play. You know, obviously the quarterback's most important position, but again, I just see think Belichick come, you can expect a veteran quarterback to come too. I mean, I, I like Bill. What if, what if I throw Bill out there to go to Buffalo if they was willing to move on uh from this from their head coach? Cause I look at it as a situation where I just would think Bill would want to go somewhere where he could win. He, we all know that he's going after the, that that record of being an all-time winning his coach. And I think he two seasons away from that if he was to get on a good team. If he went to the Bills, he could do that. If, if he goes to Atlanta, I'm not sure. It would have to be a lot of work. And like you said, it would start at that decision on who would be their quarterback. Because you're not telling me that you're going to go in there and he can't wait to coach Desmond Ritter. Yeah, no, no. I, I mean, like you said, I think it it would pair better for him to go somewhere where, like you said, they kind of just are that coach away from getting them over the mountaintop potentially and that they're on a shorter time frame. So I, I agree with you on there. That that could be a possibility. Yep. So that's some good stuff. Is there anything else with the hirings and firings? Can we jump into playoff talk? I've been itching to get to that. So we had an, an interesting divisional round of games uh, this weekend. Um, I think it's best probably we just skimp over it and get into some headlines here. I mean, I, I think that the one that sticks out in my mind is how did 31 teams pass up on this man, Lamar Jackson? This man is special. Over 100 yards rushing, 100 yards passing. I think he had two rushing touchdowns um, and two passing, right? So, a one passing, one passing. Ramona, correct me if I'm wrong. I'll continue talking. A one passing, okay. One passing and two rushing touchdowns, over 100 yards passing, 100 yards rushing. I mean, the guy's special. I, I think that he single handedly uh, won that take game. It back. I think it actually might have been two passing. <laughs> oh, so I was right. Yeah, two passing, right, yeah. two passing, two rushing. Man, he literally single handedly won that game on his own with getting little to nothing from his receivers, which, you know, which, which kind of, um concerns me and we'll get into that but 
Lamar, man, 31 teams passed up, guys playing with a chip on his shoulder. I think it's a foregone conclusion that he'll be your NFL MVP, which, which will make him a two-time NFL MVP. Put some respect on this man's name. His name needs to be up there with Mahomes, uh, but yet we still not hearing that yet. So um, I want I want you guys' thoughts on, on Lamar and his performance against the Texans. Shout out to Texas. We'll have a little small segment with them, but they were the losers. We'll start off with the winners. Uh, just your thoughts on Lamar and what this means for his legacy. Yeah, I think his legacy is still to be told, right? I mean, it, I think he, he's doing all of the right things as far as MVP and all this stuff. But as we know, always legacies are held by how many Super Bowls they even reached, right? Not even one. And he hasn't gotten there yet, right? He hasn't gotten there to the Super Bowl. So I think his legacy is still to be told based on how these playoffs finish, right? Because if he just go into this Chiefs game this weekend – and just lose to Mahomes, then it's just like, okay, well, he just keeps losing to Mahomes. That'll be his legacy. Again, I will speak to him as a regular season along and his MVP and the things that he's doing is just magical, right? He he is special. He shouldn't have went in the last pick of the first round, the 31st pick of the first round, because again, we see, we got guys like Josh Rosen that was in that same draft, Trubisky in that same draft. Like those guys, <laughs> like it's laughable now like how did that even happen you know uh my I, I science believe, passed on I believe Josh, it was, like I believe it was josh, josh rosen and that was the baker mayfield baker uh, mayfield i'm sorry mayfield. yes yeah baker mayfield i apologize yeah baker mayfield and you look at that and it's like how did this how did this happen you know with these guys and the numbers it's not like he just started doing this he was doing this in college as well and i think what got him in the draft process is people were saying he should switch positions. He should be a receiver. And I think that was another chip to his shoulder, uh, added to his shoulder. And, and again, he's showing that he's changing the game. You know, all these guys that are lasting or to the end here, or a, a good amount of them, 75% of them can move, can run, can do different things. The game has changed at the quarterback. It's no longer you're standing in the pocket and, you know, a statue and, looking around and throwing the ball. No, you got to be able to move as a quarterback. You got to be able to move around the pocket. And so he is one of one and um, a special player. Yeah. No, as you said, man, that's the new age of the QB position. And he's pretty much becoming basically the prototype of that. Uh, I guess I'll get the negative part out first. Uh, I'm not ready to say he's there with Mahomes. I think Mahomes is in a tier of his own. I now, still feel I that I do way. agree with that. Okay. I do want to correct, clean <laughs> okay. that up. I'm not, I'm not saying that. When I think when I talk about when you talk about Mahomes and everybody, it's who's next. Oh, it's Josh Allen. Oh, Man. you know, oh, it's it's just it's just the Herbert. Is it Joe Burrow? And I'm saying that no one ever talks about Lamar in that light. And I feel like the conversation, if he were if if he go if he's gonna win the Super Bowl or if he go makes that trek, I think that he deserves to be in a different conversation. But I agree with you. I don't think that he's on Mahomes. Mahomes in another stratosphere. I get <laughs> okay. that. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, I had to yeah. clean that up for the listeners. <laughs> Gotcha. Yeah. Like you said, he's right there with anybody else. And definitely if he goes on to win this Super Bowl, to me, I'll go ahead and put him at that two slot. Um, but like you said, he's among those elite. And uh, this was just another showing of it. You know, I think that uh, it's been an excellent transition into this new offensive system uh, for him. I think that, you know, Munkin coming in really kind of has settled things. Um, and I think that, you know, right now, I mean, they, they look tough. We just talk about the Ravens as a whole. I know that you were alluding to saying about the 49ers potentially being your favorite, but the Baltimore Ravens are my Super Bowl favorite. And when, and when I when I said that, too, I, I've yet to reveal my who's who I think is going to win the Super Bowl. Because okay. I'll probably put that on next episode or the following episode. But when I said that, I meant my favorite to make it to the Super Bowl. Okay, so, I got you. I got you. Today is the cleanup episode, man. <laughs> Clean today, today is the cleanup episode. <laughs> but I, I agree with man. I think that, you know, he he's an elite, 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 elite talent. Um, but, I mean, his receivers got to step up now. His receivers have got to step up, um, including Odell, Zay, all of those guys. Bateman, they, they're going to have to get him some help because going forward, it'll only be tougher. But on the flip side, what y'all think about Stroud and his coming out party as a rookie? Quick little note. Mark Andrews is expected to be back, uh, I believe they said, for the, the championship. So that'll be huge. Yeah. Yeah, man. Mark Andrews, that, that's going to be huge. That's a huge weapon for Lamar. I mean, we know that that's his favorite target. At times, it feels as though that's the only player that he likes to throw to. But, yeah, Mark Andrews coming back. But let's be real. Mark Andrews is going to come in out of shape. But he will make a he will make an impact 
Um, this is a huge game uh, against uh, Mahomes. Um, but I want to ask you guys, I'm going to flip the question again. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes. We'll get to the Chiefs and their win in just a moment because there are so many storylines in that Chiefs-Bills game. But you, when you look at the the Baltimore Ravens and if Lamar is able to to defeat Patrick, which is, is tough to do, um, I mean, I, I think it says something. What, what would that – in your brain, what would that put Lamar – as far as how you view him as a quarterback in the league? Uh, I think you have to put him in the up. I, I think you will have to put him in that top three conversation, right? I mean, because I think he still has to finish, finish the job, though, right? Because you're talking about Mahomes, who has, what, three, two, two championships now? Two championships? So you he will have to finish the job to – really start being in that same Mahomes conversation. It's just crazy that we're talking about this. And it's crazy, I'm going to just say this real quickly, that how fast this conversation shifted over the last year, right? Before this conversation used to be Brady, it used to be Peyton Manning, it used to be Drew Brees, right? Like now we in this, now it's just, I'm just trying to take a second to really think about where we at now and how fast that the league flipped over. And we're now talking about the Mahomes. We're now talking about the Josh Allen's. We're now talking about the Lamar Jackson's. Anyway, just wanted to just throw that out there. But I think you have to put him in that same conversation, right? And once he gets that one ring under his belt, but he has to finish the job. Yeah, I think that kind of like I was saying and alluding to, I mean, if he finishes the job, ultimately, I think that that puts him at number two in the league. You know, for me, especially coming into this season, I've had Mahomes in his own category. And then for me, Joe Burrow was that next guy because that's the only guy to me that is – really look Mahomes eye to eye to me in the league and has yes. actually been able to beat him, you know? <laughs> um, so w when I look at it, if, if like you said, if Lamar is able to get it done, is able to beat Kansas city. And especially if he gets it done overall and wins the super bowl, then yeah, I think that I would give Lamar that two spot. I I'll say too. And I was just talking to a bunch of chiefs fans. Oh, right? cause I ain't gonna be able to answer my own no, question. No, I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I just want to say <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I just want to get your thoughts on this. A lot of people don't give Burrow his respect, right? Because of his weapons that he have, right? Everyone says, can he do it? Well, right. His backup step Browning stepped in and didn't do half the job. Right. You know, and they talk about how Mahomes didn't have a bunch of weapons and he was still getting it done. And so they really they, they don't like that compare. I'm just speaking as Chiefs fans and talking to three, two or three of them. Right. They always saying, hey, Burrow shouldn't even be in that same breath as him because of he got he has the weapons that, you know, quite frankly, that, you know, Mahomes didn't have when he won his championship last year. So I, I just want to jog. I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't even need yeah. your thoughts on that, but it's just, it, I think that's interesting to pick. Has, and has any of those other guys consistently had a line that was as bad as what Joe has dealt with as a quarterback too? I think that those guys have to yeah. look at the full picture, like when they look at it, but Joe yeah. is who Joe is, man. We, we, yeah. you know, and then taking away. And right now he's sitting at home and we're talking about the ones in the playoffs. So, yeah. And that's yeah. my guy. That's my guy. But, yeah. Okay. But, you know, with like I agree with Ramon. I think you know if he gets it done, I think definitely he's my number two. I think the conversation needs to change and shift when we talk about Lamar and what he's able to accomplish. And I wish that I would have put a fat bag on it, but I told um, on my way off from vacation, I was in the airport and I was talking with a Baltimore Ravens fan. I told him I was like, Lamar is going to get NFL MVP this year, and I didn't put anything on it. And here we are. I, I'm so mad and I'm kicking myself that I didn't. Um, but he has a chip on his shoulder and what he went through last year. And people are just second guessing what he what he means. But now you look at his his, you know, journey through the playoffs. If you were to accomplish this and it's this is probably more of a, a pre Super Bowl conversation. So I'll cut it short. But you look at he beat Stroud, a budding rookie, hell, hell of a co-head coach. Then he would have beaten Patrick Mahomes, which we know. All roads always go through them, even though this game is in Baltimore. Um, and then he would be who I ant anticipate to be in the Super Bowl if he were to beat the 49ers. Um, I mean, that that's 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 a tough road, you know. So I think that it puts him in a different place, especially with what he did in this division round. I mean, he practically won the game on his own. But, you know, Lamar, 
one of my favorite players to watch. I think that he's like Mike Vick 2.0. Um, but uh, yeah, he's fun to watch, and I'm rooting for the guy. Um, but yeah, uh, we also on the flip side have CJ Stroud, an impressive rookie. Um, I think that he should have been the number one pick overall. I know that the Texans are happy that he didn't go uh, number one, but CJ Stroud, man, he always was my guy coming out as a recruit. I thought I thought very highly out of him coming out of college, but the season that he had and the poise that he showed, um, and you know, ultimately, who who, who are we expecting him to go up to Baltimore and beat? the the Ravens I mean he held his own for the first half uh but ultimately you know they I guess they ran out of gas but you know and then Lamar just the Lamar effect happened but you know man you know coach and and, and CJ Stroud I can't think of coach name what's that what's his name D'Amico like, Ryans D'Amico Ryans give him his proper respect D'Amico Ryans and CJ Stroud as rookie coach and rookie QB combo man they they did it man they did the damn thing this year yeah, I mean, much respect to him, and uh, I think what they did was nothing short of special, right? When you draft and they had two picks in the top three, top yeah, top three, you went two and three, you know, back-to-back picks, and to change that around to a playoff berth is is crazy, right? And he said he set the standard from day one. He said, you know, that the standard is to win here, you know, and the Texans have been in some dark years, some long dark years, and so – he did something special and um, much props to him. I still don't think he's the rookie of the year, but I think that he put up a good year. I understand a little bit of bias in that answer. Uh, <laughs> obviously, puka. he's a puka man, right? Could could you at least give him co? Can we? Can we? I would love for them to get co because that yeah. means they're both winners, and that that looks good for my future bets that I did that'll that'll cash out. So I, co would work for me. Yeah, I, they gonna give it to CJ though, just to kind of break the news to you uh, early. I hated that they do that to quarterbacks because <laughs> yeah. I mean I think there's a legit argument there though. Like no, I, I agree. I agree with you. Historically, how, all the records that he brought, broke, his first playoff game, he broke a record. It's like, yeah, I, I, I don't I, know, I, man. I, I think to come in as in the NFL as a, as a quarterback, as a rookie, as a quarterback, and to play like Stroud played. Like there's That's at least the argument. there's That's like the, 15, there's like fifteen or sixteen teams that wish they had Stroud over their veteran quarterback. Like I would have took Stroud over Derek Carr. Like I mean, you, it it kind of like a a receiver and a quarterback. A receiver has to run routes. They has they have to read to say okay, but the quarterback has to know every position on the field, including the receiver. So I'm just like it, it's my point is it's tougher to be a great quarterback in the league than it is to be a great receiver. All right, well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. There's also two games in there that C.J. Stroud missed, right, that a backup came in and won games for him to get him in this position, right? So when you look at the whole picture, yes, a quarterback, and they it's always been the argument that the quarterback from the MVP awards, right, just make it a quarterback award from anything that a quarterback do because of how they're – that's always been art because their position is so hard, because their position is the hardest – that we're going to always give them a notch up. But again, out of respect of these other players that Hooker played the full 16 games, broke records and, and historic numbers, numbers, even in the playoffs, I just feel like it should be, it shouldn't be said, oh, because this person, a the quarterback, they should get a bump up. And I, I hate that argument. I think they should just separate it from the rest of the field, from the MVP award, from the office of rookie, all those different things. It should be separated. Quarterback should have a separate award. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, what I was saying as to it, and this is along with it, but a little bit separate. Um, are there five QBs right now today that you would take ahead of CJ Stroud going forward? Are there five QBs <laughs> in the league right now? Because I would venture it's to tough. say he's a top five QB. It's at this tough. Point. Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Josh Allen has slipped down for me. And we'll get to that in a moment. Um, I mean, Joe Burrow. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course. Um, three, three, if you're uh, not counting Josh, yeah. I mean, you, <laughs> I mean, I might as well throw Josh in there because that is really like you know, yeah. Josh, and you know, you're right. I think CJ is top five, exactly. And it's that's what I'm saying. It's not because he's a quarterback that I feel like he's deserving of it. I'm just like, as a rookie, it's tough to come in as a quarterback and to have the type of success that he had. Like it's it's like like you like you made the point. It he played like a top five quarterback as a rookie. That is tough to do in general. And I think that he's he's deserving of it. Yeah, no, no. I yeah. 
I, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, I do feel that, you know, Puka will end up a little bit slighted. He had a heck of a year. He did have a historic year. He did. He year did. Not to that. take anything away. So from him. Yeah, it's tough did. to not acknowledge that. But I mean, when you have a guy and CJ come in and do what he did, uh, it, it's tough not to roll with that uh, for that particular award. But I just wanted to ask that because my, my mind has been that he's a top five QB already. And I just wanted to it's, see if I was off base with what y'all think. Scary hours, Ramon. I don't. I don't think this would be the last of that we hear about CJ Stroud or the Texans. I mean, you got Tank Dale who got hurt uh, as a rookie, which was having a phenomenal season before he got hurt, and then you have Nico Collins who took a, a significant step forward as a as a straightforward wide receiver one for them, a legitimate wide receiver one, and you know. Devin Singletary found his legs and he looked like the better back then. But they still have Antonio Pierce as, as his backup. So this won't be the last of the Texans. Yeah. Um their and defense the thing is, is good. Can John Mechie develop? I mean, he still yeah. has been shaking back from That's his scary. situation. So that's so scary. And and like you say, Dalton Schultz is it was a very underrated pickup by them. I mean, I the Texans are solid going forward. Will Alice Anderson leading that that defense. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I props out to the Texans and, and shout out to them. They they have nothing to hang their head about. Um, they they definitely uh came came to play. Uh, but moving on, man, we got the we have the Chiefs and the Bills, man. You know, I, I throw some stuff out here for y'all. Uh, we got some big big storylines out of there. Um, you know, okay, so let's just start off with Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, five and four is his playoff record. Um. And he's five and one at home and and zero and three on the road. Uh, he couldn't quite get it done. I don't think that he played bad in the game. Is my opinion, uh, but I don't think he played well enough for them to win. And in, in a game like that, if you're considered a top two quarterback in this league, at a certain point, you know, just like Tom did, just like Peyton Manning did, as Ramon would would know, you have to will your team to that victory. Now, his, Peyton's last Super Bowl. I wouldn't say that he willed them to the win with his noodle arm. Hey, chill, <laughs> but, chill. But um, you know, it, you know, just all jokes aside, you have to have that moment, and I think that Josh Allen is continuously missing these moments. And you know, I, I think that it's time for us to have a really serious conversation. And we're gonna do it here at OB. Um, and, and Joe, Josh Allen, man, like you are a, a Madden cover athlete. The table is set for you. The media wants you, your media darling. The media wants you to be the guy, but you just cannot get over the hump. And I think at you know at at a point when I look at him in the Chiefs, Mahomes got him again. I I don't have the head to head record. Do you have a head to head record between Mahomes and him in the playoffs, Ramon? Uh, I don't have it. I think it's I think it's either three and zero for Mahomes, two and zero, or three and zero for Mahomes. Yeah, I think it's yeah. three and zero for Mahomes right now. Something that for you to be zero and two or zero and three against Patrick Mahomes. It, it, it's just you know you can't get over the hump, man. I think that that's the difference there. Uh, but when you look at when you look at him and you look at Josh Allen and this playoff game, what do you see, Ramon? And what are you willing to lay it out on the table here on the OB podcast? Uh, the thing that I see, you know, honestly, is I kind of envision it to me. As not, I don't envision it as as much of a slight to Josh Allen as maybe most would say. I envision it more so as like what Jordan did in the '90s. There were other great guys, great top tier athletes that just couldn't get it done when they went up against the guy. And I believe that Patrick Mahomes is kind of like that guy if you parallel it to the NFL and to present day. And I think that Josh Allen finds himself among the likes of the Charles Barkleys that couldn't get it done, among the <laughs> likes of the Carl Malones and the John Stocktons that couldn't get it done, among the likes of during that time, the Gary Paytons of the world that couldn't get it done. I think that he finds himself as one of the guys that's in the upper echelon, but when he matches up against that guy who is the guy, he just can't get it done. Um, and like you said, I don't think that he played poorly in that game. You know, I don't even think that he played just to me an average game. I thought that he played a good game. Was it elite to be able to carry them? Like you said, it wasn't elite to be able to carry them. And I think to your point uh, of it, I think that you still have to find a way eventually to break through. Because even when we look at it, 
as you alluded to mentioning Tom and Peyton Manning. Tom, as we know, got the better of Peyton Manning in those runs. I would allude to it being a lot of how good that Patriots defense was as well, and my coach defense not always being there. So I don't view it just exclusively as Tom versus Peyton. But to be honest, Tom got the better of Peyton. But did Peyton have a moment where he broke through and was able to beat Tom? Yes, he did eventually end up getting it done. So to your point, that is the shortcoming of Josh Allen. He hasn't had his Peyton moment. Peyton Manning moment yet to be able to get it done. But Patrick Mahomes is just that guy, man. He's yeah, he is, guy. man. You take those scraps and of, of a receiving core and you take a, an aging Kelsey and you just – he just gets it done. And, you know, I was having a conversation about Patrick Mahomes and I was just like, man, you, you really – if this team can keep this game within four to five points by the fourth quarter – you almost can say Patrick Mahomes can get us the rest. And how many guys in the league, as we alluded to, we went through our rankings a little bit, how many guys in the league can you think of that you can say it about? You just get me just get me to the fourth quarter and let me be down by only five points and I can take care of the rest. And that's Patrick Mahomes. And, I mean, we can all agree the last month of Chiefs football has not been great. Uh, the Chiefs stumbled into the playoffs, but here they are this past weekend in, in Buffalo. And unfortunately I had dinner with a Buffalo Bills fan this past weekend that actually attended the game. He said that he was attending the game in that cold uh, shout out to him. But when you look at this and you see it, you go into Buffalo in these tough conditions and, and you walk out with the win. And even though I think the Bills should have won that game, <laughs> they were given every opportunity to, but I mean, you got to give it. You got to tip your hat to Mahomes for even having his team in a position to squeak by like they did. Did y'all see the meme that they had of like uh, Stefan Diggs three times standing on the field like after the game? <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> did he stand after the game after this game? <laughs> I don't think he did. I don't think he did. But if he did, he need to let that rest at this point. <laughs> <laughs> but that's Lisa. Another interesting conversation I was about to have. Stefan Diggs, man, is, is he washed? Is he declining? I, I ain't gonna say he was. I, I would just say at least declining, right? You, <laughs> I think everybody hits that wall when you just don't see the juice anymore. But I would say this also too: the offense changed when Joe Brady took over, right? You start to see him get Lex opportunity. They started running the game, running the ball more, um, taking the ball really out of Josh Allen's hands because he was, you know, turnover prone. They were doing more of a more uh, QB designed runs. So I will say that I would like to see. More, right? Because, again, the offense chain, it didn't run through digs anymore when Joe Brady took over over there. Yep. Yeah, now nah, y'all y'all said it, man. He definitely is declining at this point. He's not to that watch level yet, but there's <laughs> there's slippage there. There's hey, slippage. There's some slippage there. I hadn't seen him. He didn't ball until he was balling against the, uh, against the commanders over here. <laughs> He, I, he hadn't had a touchdown since yeah. I he hadn't had a hundred <laughs> yard receiving game since October. Yeah, it's been a little minute. Yep. But anyway, uh, so the table is set. You know, we went through it. The table is set. We got the 49ers against the Lions, which we didn't get into the Lions. I don't I don't feel like we need to. Um, and then we have the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs. Fellas, I think I know your predictions already, uh, but give them to me. Okay, nobody wants to go first. All right, so I I'll mean, leave it I'll, off. Okay, okay, it don't so, matter. Okay. <laughs> for the Ravens and the Baltimore Ravens and the Chiefs, I feel like this is Lamar's year. I feel like they find a way to get it done. So I have the Ravens advancing past the Chiefs. I don't think – I feel like the Chiefs still have a lot of issues. And they should – don't get me wrong. They were a field goal away from having to go into overtime and losing that. You know, I, now I will say this. I won't say that. I don't. I don't. I don't agree with. I don't agree with myself. I, I do feel like just because <laughs> another cleanup. We didn't, yeah, we didn't I, even I, get to hear this. I, time. I had to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> he cleaned Patrick it up was, before we even hear that this time. Patrick. Patrick is a bad man. So I. I, I don't. I think even if they would have made that field goal, I think they still would have found a way to win. It just would have been a a slow agonizing loss as opposed of just like chopping it straight. So anyway. 
I got the Ravens advancing past the Chiefs. Yeah, I think we all on the same page. I ain't gonna speak for a moment, but I, I, I think, I think this but you is just their did. year. I'm sorry. I, I, I think <laughs> me, I think me and you are on the same page, Rob. I'll say that. I don't know what Ramon. <laughs> I don't even know his pick. He may choose the Chiefs to change it up, but I think the Ravens. I, I only reason I say the Ravens is because the Chiefs are coming to this game extremely banged up from their offensive line. From their running back, right? He has a toe injury that's popped up here. They're off the line. Uh, 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 um, I can't think of his name right now. He's uh banged up, you know. In, in these games, and everybody, it's a it's a race, right? Who can be the healthiest here at this point? So, um, I'll just say that um, I think it's just because they're getting healthier, because they're getting Mark Andrews, and they've been the hottest team all year. I've got the Ravens winning this game. Yeah, you could have spoke for all of us. I got the Ravens winning it. I kind of alluded to it earlier in the pod. So you online, I know Rob had to mess with you real quick. Yeah, but, right, right. but honestly, for me too, I just feel like the Ravens are the most complete team right now. Uh, I think that we can't gloss over the fact of how well that defense is playing. Like that defense is lights out, uh, very disciplined defense, sound defense. And just the linebacker play on that defense like brings you back to Ravens defense's of the past with Ray Lewis and those guys. So, uh, so yeah, I got, I got Baltimore winning this one, but as you said as well too, and as y'all alluded to, you still can never count out Patrick Mahomes. All right, let's get it. Second game, NFC championship, 49ers and the Lions. I too will speak for all of us. I think that we know that the 49ers are gonna, uh, gonna beat the Lions. Uh, I, I think the Lions are a, a solid team. I think that they're it's just this is just not their year. I feel like they will be something to reckon with going forward, but I just feel like the 49ers are just I don't you know people are like, "Oh, what what about their showing against the Packers?" It does not bother me a single bit. Now, I will say this. If Debo Samuel is not able to to suit up, it may be a different conversation, but because we're recording this podcast way before we know if he's going to play or not, I'm assuming that he will play and he will suit up, and he will be healthy, which are, is a lot of assumptions. If he's healthy, I feel like the 49ers have any, ha, won't have any problem. If he's not, we may be looking at a different conversation because the Lions like to bite knees, and they, they just hang around. So, I, I, you know, but for my official pick, for my prediction, don't hold me to it because I'm assuming that Debo will be healthy. I'm going to say, the 49ers advance to the Super Bowl. How, how are you going to come out and say, don't hold you to your prediction, bro? <laughs> like, what's the point of you even making it? His... Hey, don't hold me to this, though. Like, I'm going to say this. I'm going to throw it out no, there. But don't man, hold me to too it. Many... Debo means too much to that <laughs> team for, for me to make a prediction without me knowing if he's healthy or not. Like, I, I damn near would maybe lean towards the Lions if, if Debo is not playing. Hey. Wait, but my thing is, you started off so Jeez. confidently. You know what? I feel like we can. I can speak for all of us and say, and then, and then right at the end, well, it's up in the air. I'm not sure now. Because, man, hey, this podcast, you're getting our raw thoughts and feelings. So it's like, you know, I got I was talking through the situation and that's what I landed. Yeah. Now, yeah. I, I don't. Oh, you. No, I'll just say, I mean, I think the Lions have the right formula to beat the 49ers, right? The 49ers, if we, if we being honest, right, the Packers gave away that last game, right? They completely gave up that, gave away that last game with just a collapse towards the end. So, and and I'll even say Brock Purdy has looked shaky in these playoffs, right? Oh, not and, you saying that. No, I, you know me. I'll definitely say that. Yeah, babe, I remember you talking about you, you. We couldn't talk bad about Brock, man. Who was that? Us. You was like, I don't. You know, I was like, man, I, 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 I just don't see it with Brock. I just don't see it. I was saying that, and you was like, Nah, Brock killing it. Brock killing it. Bro, I Brock, think you got this rose mixed up. With you. <laughs> I think you got the rose mixed up. I think you messing with, with you. I'm about to say, wait a minute. I'm definitely messing with you. Oh, I'm about to I'm say, for the listeners' sake, I've never been a Brock Purdy guy. I think he's you, always you, been a. You was, uh, I think uh, it was. I think me and Ramon was high on him. Was, was you high on him, Ramon? I can't remember. I, I, I felt I that he. I think I had put him in. A, I think I did put him in the top ten. I think. Yeah, I I, no, y'all had him in the MVP conversation. Let's be honest. He was a legitimate MVP. We all had him in the MVP conversation. No, that's he really hauled it not. 
No, we. I I said he was a good point guard. I said because he's a good point guard, he looks good in that situation. I said there's an argument for McCaffrey, but Brock Purdy, he's just out there pitching to guys and they're running 40 yards to a touchdown. I said, that doesn't make you a good quarterback in my eyes. And then and that's when Rob said, no, I don't know. I've seen him make some pretty good throws out there. And yeah. so that's, again, I have that. He made some good throws this past Sunday. He made some he bad absolute, ones. He but... made some absolutely bad ones that should have been picked off. And I yeah, think he's he just did. a guy. 100%. I think he's just a guy. But to my point, I think I that the Lions have the right formula to get out to the quarterback, to run the ball, and to make key throws. And so, again, my pick this week, I got the Lions beating him. Yeah, Dang. yeah. At, it is, yeah, no. Throwing the lone wolf on this one. I, I don't want to see still, the damn Ravens. Uh, I don't want to see no Ravens Lions Super Bowl. I ain't lying it, to you. It's still, it's still a little bit of a toss up for me because I have grown increasingly more confident in the Lions, and my confidence waned some in the 49ers after what I saw this past weekend. To be honest, uh, I do know the elements that were part of the game and all of that, but as you mentioned. Uh, and when I really think about it, besides probably what they were able to do against Dallas, which isn't relevant at this point, and several of the big games that Brock Purdy has played kind of mm. recently in this season, he really hasn't performed the greatest. Yeah, I agree. Um, and so I do think that that's a little bit questionable there. Um, gosh, man, it's, it's still so tough to pick the Lions to get it done. Uh, but that's where that's where I'm leaning honestly at this point. I, I think that the Lions are gonna I think the Lions are gonna get it done. I think that they had a formula as well, too. Um it's crazy because you would have never been able to tell me this weeks ago. No. But I really saw uh because weeks ago I would have probably told you and ventured to say that the 49ers would have been the favorite to win it all. But um as I've kind of seen them recently, I'm not as convinced in that 49ers team. So uh I'm going to go with the Lions as well, uh, but that's not with a ton of confidence because I still don't have a ton of confidence in either of those two quarterbacks in the NFC, which is why down the line, I honestly think that the Super Bowl winner is coming out of this game that we have with Pat and uh, and Lamar. Oh, that is the Super Bowl. Yeah, <laughs> that's the Super Bowl for me. I agree. I mean, and since we're this is the cleanup episode, I, I will you know talk to Los and I will admit that I was wrong. I was wrong about Purdy, but at the time, I will stand on this. He was an MVP candidate at the time. We was talking about it eight games into the season, uh, yeah. 10 games into the season. Like, he was an MVP candidate. But, you know, he's not going to – you know, uh, he's okay. He's just a guy. Just like Lowe said, he's a point guard. He's going to – he's not going to – he's not going to be the reason why you won, but he's not going to necessarily be the reason why you lose. Now, for say this game here, he, he, we're going to find out what he's made of. But we, we'll move on. We got some NBA stuff to get into before we wrap up here. Uh, but I think the biggest news worth talking about, and we can just spend our time there, is the Milwaukee Bucks uh, firing their head coach after a thirty and thirteen record, the number two record, best, the second best record in the NBA. Um, uh, and he's gone. <laughs> and an hour later, they hired Doc Rivers as his replacement. Um, I mean, I was I was beyond baffled by this decision because I'm looking at my team as a Los Angeles Lakers fan, as we all are. We're sitting up here. We're, we're, we're like a two games under 500, and Darvin Ham still is the head coach. And I said, hey, the, the acumen on the floor or the visual on the floor of them coaching on the sideline is the same. The Bucks head coach has his hands in his pocket, looking like he don't know what the hell is going on, and so does Darvin Ham. <laughs> so I'm like, how how the Lakers just be like, oh, we're gonna keep this guy, but the Bucks like have the second best record in the NBA, and they fire their coach. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, I agree. You know, I agree with that. And the Bucks are paying three. You know, Mike Buehler. <laughs> you know, they, this is the last one they just fired, and now Doc Rivers. So they they got three head coaches on their books, and they're not settling for for mediocre. And I, I I agree with that. You know, and um, I think and I'm looking at the Lakers and how the Lakers have been performing. It's it's definitely coaching, right? You look at they finally. It took us half the season to start for them to realize, okay, let's start giving these guys knowing when their minutes are coming, right? It took him <laughs> 10 games to realize, okay, 
why am I benching D'Angelo Russell and having him coming off the bench? Like, how much, how many games did we lost? And I, you know, as fans, we screaming, D'Angelo should not be coming off the bench. He fits perfectly with our starting five. He's exactly what you need, a spot-up shooter when you need it, a playmaker to take some pressure off LeBron. This is exactly why you traded for a guy like D'Lo when we got rid of Russell Westbrook, you know? It's because he wasn't a shooter. He wasn't a space that we need. He couldn't create like we needed to. And you take that and you take that away and you start these defensive lineups. Ham has this thing where he starts players that are just like him when he used to play. He is obsessed with these hard-working, bring-your-pail-to-lunch type of guys, but they can't ball when you need to hustle is great but you still need skill you still need guys to be able to knock down shots Vanderbilt right Prince is hitting shots so don't get me wrong on these guys but Cam Reddish he's a hit or miss these type of guys he's obsessed with so again don't get me started on Ham and I think Ham is in over his head I think he he's a good assistant right he's good at motivating these guys and getting things going but when it comes to X and O's and adjustments and things like that i think he's just in over his head leave yeah. it to uh, leave it to me and los to make this uh the bucks firing a coach to make it a Lakers segment. <laughs> right i was listening to that i was going to transition it back to the bucks oh uh, but 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 man, I we can't help it man yeah we no I, I understand and you know we had definitely a lot of times been about that and texting about that all that type of stuff but um, I think ultimately still with the Bucks, like for me, they went from like mid to like mid senior, you know, at this point. With, bro, like, yeah, bro, y'all going to stop disrespecting Uncle <laughs> Doc, man. Between Los and you disrespecting Uncle Doc, I'm not standing for it. He is mid, bro. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, he's mid. I told him that today. I said, Doc Rivers is not an upgrade. I was like, he's just bro, a man. He is a wonderful cares. basketball man, and I will not stand for the disrespect. That man is an NBA champion. Yeah, we'll just see what Leedy blows this time in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just see what Leedy blows. But that, I don't think Doc was the answer. Now, I do know that they say that he was advising throughout the course of the season. Um, I mean, obviously, his advice wasn't really going anywhere translating. But, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe they think that ultimately. Hey, I ain't going to stop disrespecting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is what it is, man. The results are out there. I, don't, I like you, Doc. <laughs> I, I, I mess with you, Doc. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the thing that I was most excited about, bro, is just to get him off them ESPN calls, man. I'm tired of hearing what? him calling me ESPN. Oh, come on. Man. I love his calls on ESPN. Okay, I, I'm about to go back on mute right now and let you, <laughs> you, let, yeah, you let, him, let, let him have his fanboy moment on man, Doc. Doc, Doc bro, Doc, I've listened to him. He has a great – he's a great coach. He's a great basketball mind. I don't think that he should take the hit for what happened in Philadelphia because James Harden was acting like a spoiled brat. When when James didn't make All-Star game, didn't make the All-Star game because he was playing the right way and distributing the ball, that's when he st started shutting down because he wasn't the guy scoring. So, I mean, it was no reason why James couldn't coexist with Tyrese Maxey, what we know Tyrese to be averaging 25 right now. And Embiid mm. playing out of his mind and with James. There's no reason. But James wanted to be the guy. So yeah. got you. So no hit for the Clippers either, though, right? The Clippers, nope. that's a that's that's we could talk about it. The Clippers, okay, I can give you that. He was average with the Clippers, but I will say this, you know, he has a championship and we, we gotta respect him. That's hard to do in the league. I know we spoiled by Phil having 10 of them, but you know, I mean, it, Frank Vogel has a championship too. Eleven of them things. Eleven, yeah. yeah, eleven. Frank, I mean, respect Frank. Look what Frank doing. Frank is doing a nice job to me in my eyes, and what I see, what he's doing right now, he's doing a good job. I would take Frank over Doc. Yeah, I take Frank over Darvin Ham. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Let's get it back rolling. Get the band back together. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, but I'll just say this. I, I mean, Rob's a huge Doc fan. He listens to his podcast and he loves his calls and all these different things. I, I'm interested to see how he finished this last half of the season going into the playoffs because he has a ready-made team, right? There's no excuses, right? There's no excuses for these guys. You look at, they got the player, they got Lillard. They got they still got all the talent around him. They got everything they want. They got the coach they want. There's no excuses why these guys shouldn't at I least agree. get to the championship. So the pressure is on. Let's be honest. The pressure is on for them. And they they got everything they they need to make this run. 
Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I agree. If they if he doesn't make the run right now, I'm willing to take back everything I said about Doc. But he should be able to get it done uh, th- with the talent that they have in, in the match. And we got to think that Giannis was heavily involved in this decision uh, as well. So we have to consider that, Dame included. So we'll see what happens. But yeah. we're going to wrap this thing up, man. We appreciate you for rocking with us. This is a long action pack. Like Ramon said, this is a big podcast. We had a lot to discuss. We could have discussed even more. This podcast could have been three hours. But we appreciate you for rocking with us this long. Uh, make sure that you're uh, following us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Instagram and Twitter. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Like I said, that's how you can be locked in on the new content that we have coming. Um, and, you know, when the episode's coming in, leave a review. That helps a lot. Uh, share it with a friend. We appreciate you for rocking with us. So next time, until next time, we are out of here. Later.